Change careers. Break into new industries. Transition into new roles. Reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. And now, here's your host and fellow Second Breaker, Lou Blazer. Hello, hello, my friend. This is episode 57 of the Second Breaks Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am back from uh, an unplanned, impromptu hiatus from this podcast on account of being sick for most of the months of July. I got the flu first. Who gets the flu in summer? Seriously. Then I had bronchitis. Uh, which lasted forever. I lost my voice. Then I sprained my wrist. Oh, seriously, it was one thing after another. But the good news is that I am over it. I've sailed the rocky seas and I've come out on the other side alive. So things are a little bit all over the place here at Second Breaks headquarters right now because I've been off so long and it's not like I went on vacation. You know, when you go on vacation and you plan things and you sort of plan things that you're going to be away. So you do things ahead of time and that kind of stuff. Well, that didn't happen. So things piled up, uh, plans needed to be redone and projects needed to be reconsidered and reconfigured. But, you know, that's reality, right? That's how real life goes, right? Whether you are self-employed or running a business or working in a company, unplanned things can and will happen and you'll experience setbacks and you'll have to go back to the drawing board sometimes. And through it all, you're just going to have to know that things will get back right to where they need to be, right? You just got to need to know that in your gut, in your core, Okay, that's a little bit of me psyching up, you know, a bit of psyching up talk that quite honestly, I'm having to do a lot for myself these days because I'm looking at the pile and I'm like freaking out. But you know, there you have it. I'm just uh, keeping it real for you, my friend. So before I get on with today's show, let me just remind you that one, you can reach me directly now through email, which is lou at secondbreaks.com. Or two, you can leave a comment on the show notes. For today's show notes, you can go to secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 57. I've turned on the comment section now so you can leave me a comment there. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Tell me what you think about the podcast or this particular episode or any of the past episodes even. Or you can just really say hello and tell me what you're doing as you're listening to the show. Okay, so I look forward to hearing from you. So my guest today is Kristen Runvik, and I'm so excited for you to meet her because she's got one of those portfolio careers that we all hear more and more these days. That's actually why I invited her to the show. So let me tell you, when I joined the workforce in the Jurassic years before the internet, <laughs> the, the plan was, this is what my parents told me, was to find the one secure job where I could stay for as long as I could, and if it could last me until I retire, even better, right? So that was kind of like the the thing to do. 
In fact, I just saw an ex-colleague of mine on LinkedIn. I saw that he's celebrating his 26th year anniversary with a firm that I used to work for. 26 years, right? So he joined a firm, I think, immediately after he graduated from college. So that was kind of the thing back then. And that kind of work situation hasn't completely disappeared. But the reality is the other kind of work situation, you know, the project-based work, the part-time work, the freelance work, these kinds of work are also on the rise. And for some, a portfolio career is something that they have to learn to love, right? So they were pushed into it because of necessity, because there's circumstances. But for others, it's actually what they prefer to do because of the flexibility that it allows. And in my conversation with Kristen, you'll hear her why she's chosen to have a portfolio career. In this episode, we talk about what makes the parts pieces of her career, how she manages her time and energy across these different priorities, and how she determines what makes up the mix. Because when you have a portfolio career, the mix of what is on your plate is very important, right? It's almost like do they all fit or are they contradicting each other or are are they still leading you to where you want to grow towards, right? So you're going to hear her talk about the mix. One of the things that I'd really like for you to pay attention to is how Kristen finds the opportunities. Her strategy, let me tell you, is so great. I made notes of it myself and I want to use it myself. And it will work no matter what kind of work you have or want to have. It'll work for both part-time and full-time jobs. It'll work for both employed and self-employed folks. All right, so let me transition to my chat with Kristen, and I'll catch you at the back end. So you have one of those things that we hear more and more often these days, portfolio careers. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind just talking to us a little bit first about what are the the different parts and pieces uh, that make up what you do. And then from that point, we'll we'll get deeper. Oh man, where to start? So I think I'll just start. I So first of all, I have to say career change and transition and like finding your passion in life is one of my favorite topics too. So I get really excited talking about this kind of stuff. So um, I got my degree in communications and that was a few years ago now. Um, and my first job out of college was at a tech startup. So that was my first kind of experience in the working world. Um and from there, I I just like fell in love with tech startups. Like I loved the small uh, companies and small teams, but like really amazing missions and the ability to do really cool things without all like the politics and whatnot. So it was interesting though, because I ultimately kind of ended up in this role where I was like the jack of all trades because they just needed someone to do like customer support. And then, you know, but then I would like would dabble in marketing and then content marketing. And so after that, I was living and working in Chicago, and there's quite a few years in between there. But eventually, what I did is I moved out to the Pacific Northwest where I live now, and I was hired for a remote team for an e-commerce platform. And I was working for them, and they really gave me the opportunity to explore all the things that I was really passionate about and really interested in, which tied back to content and community 
and um, just like educating people on how to use something. In that case, it was an e-commerce platform. And we talked a lot about small business marketing. You said the remote. So this is this the first time that you're working? Because I, I imagine the first one, the startup was you were there together with the team working together. Whereas this one now is you're working with a remote team or you're working with people who's not necessarily with you physically. Yes. Yeah, so the first, my first ever job and my last ever office job was my Chicago job. And then I kind of transitioned like unintentionally, but I started doing freelance for other um, like nonprofits in the Chicago area and also for an international nonprofit that was based out of, well, they were, it was a remote team, but the, uh, the founder was in Providence, Rhode Island, and he kind of went back and forth between Boston as well. So uh, yeah, I was working with them. And so I really loved the freedom and the ability to work from anywhere. And so I don't even remember like how I found this other job. I think it was like through another one of my friends who was also an, like an online entrepreneur. Um, and she was really well connected. And I just kind of said, here's what I'm looking for. I reached out. This is like my favorite tactic is when you're looking for something new is knowing exactly what you want and what you're really good at. Like what what do you actually want to be doing every single day? And so I made a list of what I wanted to be doing. And I sent an email. I didn't like blast a bunch of people, but I sent an individual email to like all these people that I knew. And I just said, Hey, I'm looking for a remote position. That's 15 hours a week. And it, you know, potentially pays between this and this. And I had a, a couple other things that I was really interested in, in terms of like company culture. So a couple people were like, oh, you know, I, I'll keep you in mind. Some people never responded or they were just like, oh, hey, like great to hear from you. And then my one friend, Bernie, was like, I know the perfect person to introduce you to for like the perfect position. And so they she connected me to this person and it was like a week later and they hired me for this position, this remote position. It was perfect. Yeah. And I've used that strategy for so many different positions in the past, including the two um freelance nonprofit gigs that I mentioned previously. Like I did the same exact thing. I just like emailed the founder of this nonprofit and I was like, Hey, you guys look like you need some help with your social media. Here's what I can do. And they were like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> really? I love that. And I know that a lot of the people who, is, who are listening would find that really useful because a lot of people would like to be able to do that, but don't know how. Yeah, you know, and but it could be just as simple as that. Hey, I'm looking for something that could be about between ten or fifteen hours a week. Yep. You know, it could be as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. It really is simple, and people always ask me like, "How do you find these cool jobs? How is this always happening to you?" And I'm like, "It doesn't happen to me. It's like I literally go out there, and I know, I know roughly what I want. And of course, like my interests have changed over time." And I know when a position might not be the best fit anymore. And that, I mean, we can also talk about that and knowing when to kind of move on from that situation. But I think it's really important to like have that list that you, that you can kind of give other people and they can know if you're a good fit or not. And then, and then they, it's, it's just such a good filter because it's sometimes people will be like, oh, hey, uh, you know, send me, or like send me to someone uh, that you know, if they need like a marketing person, it's like, that's not really clear. But if you say like, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for this and this many hours with the company culture and like in tech industry or something like that, 
um, and you talk a little bit more in depth about what you like, it's much easier for someone else to be like, oh my gosh, I literally know the perfect fit for you. Absolutely. It's like, don't do, don't give them the homework of figuring out what you'll be good at. Yes. Like, I don't know. I think, I think when, especially people who are maybe earlier on in their career, they kind of just take whatever comes their way and they're, they're just like, oh, I'm a marketer. I'm a, you know, I, or whatever, whatever industry and whatever position that you work within. But really, I think the more specific you can be, the easier it is, yeah, to find what you like and then other people can match you. It just comes together like a puzzle piece. It's great. <laughs> awesome. So um, so you were talking, so you moved to Portland, you use this technique, and then you found this, you know, remote, uh, a remote working situation with an e-commerce company. Okay, sorry. <laughs> No, that is completely fine. That's actually, that was really great to talk about because that's literally a tactic that I tell people all the time when they're like, how do I find cool jobs? I'm like, do this. And it is, and it works for full-time jobs too. You know, it really just helps you to focus and figure out what you actually want to be doing. But yeah, I moved to Portland uh, in 2013, I think, I don't know now, but um, I moved out here with not, without a job and I just was like, I want to be somewhere new and just see kind of what comes my way. And then I moved here in January Um, I found that position in uh, April and I started in May and then I worked there for about two and a half years and I started as a contract customer support person just working like 15 hours a week Uh, and that was fine for me at the time like I wasn't really I was doing a lot of other things on the side like art projects and whatnot so it was the perfect way for me to supplement my income and then eventually they were amazing with um, really nurturing and allowing me to like move up in the company and really explore the things that were interesting to me. And, it, and so that was content in general. So like creating all different types of marketing content, um, like nurturing the community, working on partnerships, doing interviews, doing all these really fun things. But then I got to a point where I was like, I'm kind of sick of like being on my laptop for so many hours a day. And I was my, my uh, coworker slash manager had left for maternity leave and she was taking like nine months off. So everything she was doing fell on me. And I literally, I was at the point of burning out. I was so tired and my brain just, I, I was exhausted. You know, I was working really long. It was also a startup. So I was working really long hours, even though I was working remotely and I was really, I mean, I was really passionate about it and really like loved what I was doing, but I was just like, something needs to change here. I just, and I was like, I got to figure this out. So I took some time off. I took like, I think I took about six months off to just kind of relax and just, and I had, I had saved money. Um, and you know, that's, that takes some foresight to kind of know if that's going to be what you want to do. But yeah, I'd saved up some money. So I wasn't worrying about money because that stress in the back of your mind can impact, you know, your ability to actually relax and relax your brain when you are dealing with burnout. And I knew like I was really passionate about health and wellness and herbs and plants and all of that. So I was getting more curious about herbalism. And then it was at that point that I decided that I wanted to go back to school for clinical herbalism. So that I'm in school now. And then two years ago, so I had left that job. And then during that same time, and about a year later, I launched my business, which is Log and Body Co, which is an all natural skincare line. Um, and all about like radiant earth medicine and helping women feel amazing through herbalism and grounding through the seasons. That is something that I'm really passionate about and I'm still growing my business now. And then obviously, you know, that I work at co-commercial as well. So that was another interesting 
connection as well. But I would love, yeah, I mean, we can dig more into this. But for me, being able to kind of when I like at co-commercial, I'm working in still in that same kind of uh, marketing, community nurturing, customer service kind of role. And then in like the other half of my time, I'm working on my business and growing my business and running programs and working with clients. And I'm still in school. So I still have the rest of this year for clinical herbalism school. And then next year is more of like actual clinic work. So it's perfect in terms of kind of, I'm not working full time. So I'll I'll add that into for co-commercial. I'm working like 25 to 30 hours a week. So that just gives me the time to kind of not be working full time. And yeah, that have time for the business have time for school. No, the skincare business, is it online or uh, you have a store you have a storefront? So it is I don't have a storefront I do. uh, I would say about half or two thirds of my sales are through online. And then I do a lot of in person events where I sell retail in person. And then I also have wholesale uh, accounts. So I work with retailers in the, mostly here in the Pacific Northwest and on the West Coast, but I have a couple of retailers in the Midwest. So when you say uh, in person, it's like fairs and trade trade shows, things like that, not as opposed to being in a store where it's your corner of the store. So what I what I generally tend to do are events. Uh, there's an event out here called Portland Flea, and they it's every last Sunday uh, of the month from like. February until November, December. And that's really fun. But I do a lot of holiday events, like holiday events are where it's at when it comes to retail. So I'm kind of conserving my energy right now. Last year, I did events all year round. I and now I can kind of see those patterns where I'm like, all right, April is really like a low month. I don't really like sales are not as strong as they are in the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, for some reason, I'm still trying to figure out like, Retail is really weird. Um, and e-commerce is really, it's, yeah, it's interesting, but event doing events at the end of the year, uh, like holiday events is, yeah. So I'm conserving my energy this year and just not doing as many events throughout the year and saving it for the end. Cause yeah, it's usually like back to back to back, like weekend after weekend in November and December. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I mentioned this phrase to other people, especially people who have, you know, your traditional classic one job, nine to five in an office kind of situation. And I mentioned, you know, portfolio careers or the gig economy. And I just freak out mm-hmm. because they're like, how do you fit it all in? How would, yeah. how do you manage a day or a week? And could you talk a little bit about how you manage a day or a week with, you know, parts pieces like that? Uh, It's interesting. I was just having a discussion with uh, someone else through this program I'm running uh, and she focuses on on self-care. And we were talking about my own personal self-care, what I do for that and how many bad habits I've picked up through working at tech startups. And I'm like, wow, like not taking breaks and like eating at my desk. Like those are things that I learned when I first started working at the company I did when I first got out of college. Um, and I was like, wow, that's really kind of like that, that whole like hustle mentality, like don't stop. Like we have so much to do and get done. And what I've really realized is that there's just the to do list never ends anyway. Um, I will say that in terms of 
all the projects that I've had going on at the end of last year, I started working at co-commercial and I was still working. So I was still doing freelance projects in particular copywriting projects. And I had some clients on retainer and I was like, what am I doing? Why am I like, I have a business. I like, I'm working for a co-commercial. And then I had three client, like copywriting clients. And then I was working on another project and I was, then I was going to start school and I really had to sit back and and t- and ask myself what I wanted to really be spending my time on. And it didn't really come down necessarily to the money because if I would have been doing all of all of those things, I'd obviously be making more money. But for me, it really came down to my personal well-being and what was going to allow me to explore the things I was passionate about without stressing about money either. So I ultimately chose to work with co-commercial and then work on my business. And so I stopped or I ended my contracts with um, each of my clients. And then I finished uh, one big project. And so now I'm taking a break. I've, I've had people ask me to do con- or, like copywriting projects with them, but I'm just, I just don't have the time. So I think, I think it's just um, figuring out what you know, your energy levels are. And if you're working, you know, like a full-time job and then you have copywriting clients, does that really make sense? You know, what do you really want to be doing? Do you really want to be working 60, 80 hour weeks? Um, for me, I really, even now with, with my business and, and school and events, what I've had to do in just the last couple of weeks is ask myself, do I really need to be doing events every single month? Or, or do I need to be doing events whenever I'm asked? Because last year was my year of saying yes. And I was like, yes, I will say yes to everything. And, you know, that's, I think, I think that was a good choice for me in general. But this year, it's really been all about how to say no and serve energy. In terms of what my day to day looks like, um, I would say so, like I said, I work at co commercial part time, so 25 to 30 hours every week. And that's essentially six to seven hours every day. They're amazingly flexible. So what I've been doing lately is kind of spending the bulk of my like Mondays and Fridays um, on my business. And then spending the rest, you know, less time on co-commercial on uh, those days and then bulking it on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays with them. And that has seemed to really work well because and and like I said, this this allows me to work still kind of those standard nine to five ish hours while having a stable kind of job job in quotes, um, because it's not a full time position. And it's really fun. So I'm like, it doesn't feel like work, you know, like I, I, I love Tara and working with Shannon and the rest of the team. It's super fun. And then I, and I really do love working on teams. So it really fulfills that need for me. Do you think that, and I know this is not your situation because both, both of those or all of the things that you have on your plate are all sort of like remote or wherever, you know, you can do yeah. this wherever you are. Um, but do you think that just, because you've been in this sort of uh, working arrangement space, do you think that it would work to have a, a portfolio career like yours if some of them are in person and not remote? I think it doesn't really matter if you have, because I, so for example, I have had in-person projects in Portland. So they're still a part of my, it's a local 
startup called Work From, and I love them. They are amazing people, and they're so much fun to work with. And I'm like bummed that I can't work with them right now because I really, I just don't have the energy to do it. But yeah, I think you can definitely have a portfolio type of career um, in person, you know, and that might be even still more effective than because there's that whole is like, is remote work the best way to work? Or is it in person work? Like, we still don't completely know. But I love the combination of the two. And I think, yeah, if people are wanting to transition out of their full time career, and go into this more gig economy, or just start to pick up clients and just see what it's like, um, can definitely just, it's like, some things that I would do in the past is so one of the other freelance nonprofits I worked for was in Chicago when I lived in Chicago. So that's another example of some working with someone local. Are you able to, or how good are you maybe <laughs> at shutting, shutting down or saying, this is my end, the end of the work day? Oh my gosh. What a good question that. So as a remote person, as a remote worker, that's really difficult because you aren't physically leaving your workspace. I heard someone say that they break, they're breaking up with their technology by leaving their laptop at their workspace. And I was like, I can't do that. I, I do have, so this is my office that I'm in right now. And I do, it's still in my house though. So it can be really difficult to completely turn off when there's always something going on and I can easily work on something. But what I'm really in my mind trying to shift back to is this idea that my business, like I, my, I created my business so that it would work for me, not the other way around so that it was going to support me and, um, you know, provide an outlet to, you know, connect with women and create these products that are, uh, really intentional and fun to make, but not that I was going to be slaving over these things, you know, at night. And then like, I mean, there's a lot to do, but I think for me, it's really blocking out, you know, saying, okay, as much as the whole nine to five thing, I don't resonate with. There's also validity to that because it, it tells you like, I do start work at nine. I, you know, when I, I wake up in the morning and I have my morning and I go on walks and I have my coffee or my tea or whatever and sit outside and get fresh air. And then I'm like, all right, once it's nine, I'm going to log on either to co-commercial or, um, do my own work. And then, yeah, I really try to finish up by like four or five, um, and then just be off. And that, that honestly has still been a really difficult thing for me, but a few things that I've done to help with that is turning off notifications on my phone completely. The only, yep. Yeah. It's interesting because your phone will constantly be like, turn on, allow notifications, allow notifications, allow notifications. And you're like, okay, fine. <laughs> Talk about, is it helping you or is it, are you becoming a slave to it? Right? Because it, the notifications could be helpful, but it could also, you could end up being a slave to it. If Yeah, completely. I, the ones that I have on right now are um, just texts and then phone calls. And then I just automatically, or not, I guess, yeah, not automatically, but I will check on my own, you know, like Instagram and my email. And I try to only check my email a couple times a day, but it just, because I have so much going on, like the stuff at co-commercial and then at my business. so checking only a couple times a day has also been helpful just for setting those boundaries. Now, uh, kind of along the lines of it's somewhat related to time management, but also related now to the business that you're growing. I mean, like I have, 
um, I have a, a small business and it consumes me like day in, day out. It's always there in the back of my mind. Right. And so how do you, it's so easy. I think for it's so easy to just, uh, be 100% uh, in your business. And, uh, but in your case, you have to, uh, you have to be able to think about the other stuff that you're doing. So how do you not allow your business to take over? Uh, you know, I think that's a really interesting question because I have a lot of entrepreneur friends and we talk about this a lot. And what I've kind of come down to is that we all start businesses because we're really passionate about something. And whatever that passion is, is something that we want to be surrounded by naturally. I am in herbalism because I think plants are really powerful and I'm really attracted to them in general. I've, you know, ever since I was a kid, I was really strongly connected with plants and nature and the natural world in general. So when I go out into my garden, it used to just be, um, you know, like I would just be watering, but now it's like, I really am looking to see at what, you know, stage of growth my plants are in and how things are, how they're growing. And, um, I'm starting to grow a lot more medicinal plants in my garden. So that's not, but to me, it's like, that's not work. That is something that I thoroughly enjoy. I might use some of those plants in my skincare, but it's not like, oh, I got to go water the garden because I'm working now. But I think my partner, he is really good at boundaries and he, but he doesn't have that entrepreneurial kind of thing. Like he doesn't have the entrepreneurial mindset. So he's always like, man, you you work too much. I'm like, but it doesn't feel like work. Like it feels, it's like, it's so fun. And I feel like, I don't know. I I talked with someone else. I was working with this one accountant and she was like, what are some, what are some hobbies that you want your business to support? And I was like, but I love my business and what I do. I mean, there is an element of of work in the business, but there's also that element of passion because you really, I mean, if you're starting your business based out of passion and something that you love, it is really something that you enjoy doing. So I I find that question both interesting and difficult to answer because, um, while I would love to just turn it off at, you know, at five o'clock every day, the reality is that I really love what I do. And so even if I'm out on a hike, I'm looking for plants that are right. growing. And it's, yeah, it's just part of my life. That's a um, very good point. Because I would imagine, so for example, like if there is a magazine that talks about medicinal plants or something and you pick it up and you read it, it doesn't feel like, oh God, I'm reading for work, right? It doesn't feel like you're studying for work or you're reading for work or you're researching for work. You just, I love this thing that I'm reading. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I guess... Uh, Something that I am trying to do more of, I guess that could be a practical kind of answer to what you've asked is like when, because of my days, my days are so full right now with school um, or with everything I have going on plus school. So my days, I will tell you how they are right now. It's, you know, wake up in the morning, give myself some time to myself. Like that's crucial. I have to have that. And then I have that, you know, let's say it's the nine to five, nine to four kind of working model. And then after work, I might have to go drop off a wholesale order or I might, um, we might go, it's been really nice. So we've been going out on walks and going to the park and just really trying to enjoy that. And then I have homework to do, which I really am supposed to be doing about an hour of homework a day, but I'm just, sometimes I just don't have that I have might have the time, but I don't have the energy. So one thing that I'm going to start doing 
is really setting time to enjoy like reading, which I used to love to do, <laughs> like for fun. Um, and reading books that don't relate at all to herbalism or like business. Yeah. <laughs> like just either, well, I, like fiction. I used to love reading fiction. So that's on my list is starting to read more fiction. Um, or just things that are more like uh, that are inspirational as opposed to actionable, because I have kind of just voraciously consumed these business and like herbalism books and, and marketing books and sales and all of that over, over the last probably five, six, seven years that I got out of my habit of reading fiction. But fiction is a great way. It's kind of like people who like to watch movies. Um, that has been my other goal this year is to watch more movies and TV, which is really hard for me to say because I really don't like TV and I don't like watching movies really. But I think for me to take a break from everything I have going on is to like fully immerse myself in a different kind of experience that these stories can take you on. So I can totally relate. So what is, uh, what helps you, I suppose, in terms of managing all this, what helps you the most? I think honestly, for me, it really comes down to setting really good time blocks and taking care of myself, really taking time for self care and like connecting with myself every day. I've always had a really strong practice of in the morning, sitting down and just being with myself. Um, and it doesn't really have to be anything super crazy, like journaling every morning, because I've tried that before and it doesn't work for me. I don't like things that I feel like I have to do every day. So my mornings, it's like, I have to spend time with myself, though, whether that's taking a walk or doing yoga, or just like sitting out in the grass, we just got a hammock. So I'm like spending time in the morning. Yeah. And just being with myself and not being in a rush. I think for me, that's key and getting up early enough so that I don't feel like I need to be in a rush. I used to sleep in a lot. And now I finally am just getting into waking up early. I'm not a morning person, but I've kind of encouraged myself to become a little bit more of an early bird just so I can get a head start on the day because I have so much to do. Um, but one of my other working tips and, and being able to get everything done is really understanding the energy that you do have and using that energy to your advantage and understanding when it's too much. Uh, like when you like what you have going on in your day or week is too much and being able to adjust if possible. Um, but for example, let's see today, what do I have to do today? I don't know. I've got a few different things, but blocking those things in and saying like, okay, for the next hour, I'm going to do only this for the next half. Hour, I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to take a break. And really it's that idea of single focusing and only focusing on that thing. And it's, it is very efficient. It's much more efficient than you know, multitasking. And for me, multitasking, it's kind of the thing that people do these days. It's like multitasking is kind of seen as this skill to achieve and, and really understand and do well. But why, why do I need to be multitasking? Like it just makes, it's not good for your brain. It doesn't, it's not what our brains are supposed to be doing. Well, I will tell you when I, in my corporate job, my corporate role, it was, it was one of the things that, to your point, it's the thing to do, and it's the thing to quote unquote master. It's the the thing that's 
mentioned in your performance evals how you're a great multitasker or whatever it is, you know, or you can juggle many, many balls all at the same time. And I used to be one of those people who would talk about those as if they are grand skills that I have. And then I stepped away from my corporate life and then I'm doing this now and I've read more and more about, you know, time blocking and I read this book. What is this book called? Is it a deep work? Have you read that? I'm talking about books that you need to work on. But Deep Work by Cal Newport. I'm looking at my bookcase. Yeah, but the whole thing about the book is focus. And and so that's why it's called Deep Work, as in you're really focusing on the one thing like you're talking about. And the first few pages of the book, he almost kind of gives you a challenge to see how good you are with focusing or doing deep work. And I realized most of us aren't, especially those of us who are so quote unquote multitask. It's almost like there's this thing in your brain that says, okay, shift to something else, shift to something else instead of sticking to something for an hour or 90 minutes. And it's almost like there's something else in your brain going, this can't be the only thing that I'm doing. Well, and we live in a society which we all know is just full of technology and Facebook and social media and email and feeling like you need to be on call essentially at all times. And it's nothing. I was having this discussion with one of my friends who's also an entrepreneur and she was like, there is no emergency in my business. Like unless it's an actual emergency, it's not and like nothing needs my attention immediately. And I was like, wow. And she teaches self-care. Like that's one of her, she's a a yoga instructor, a body worker, massage therapist. And yeah, she teaches people about self-care and that's what she said. And I was like, wow, this, yeah. That that, is so true. Right. Yeah. We, we used to say this uh, at work. We used to say, we don't, we're not doing, you know, brain surgery. It's like if, if the thing don't, uh, doesn't go out today, it's not like somebody's going to die. Right. But even though we say that, we still act as if everything was urgent and everything has to be done, you know, today. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know if that, you know, because I started my career in uh, probably like eight years ago now. And, you know, that was in like 2011. And, you know, that's not really that long ago, but in terms of technology and our access to each other, that... It's, it is different. When I was in my first job, we didn't use, we used like Google chat, I think, which I mean, some companies still use Google chat. So it's like not saying anything bad about Google chat, but now it's like everything is Slack and being in multiple Slack channels and, you know, staying on top of everything at all times and all the conversations happening and all the threads and all the emails in addition. Um, so it's just like, it's, there's too much going on. And I, and so for me personally, it's, it's almost like you have to, you have, you as an individual have to create your own kind of like boundaries because the work's not going to do it for you. You have to do yeah. it yourself. And that's something that I have finally learned, especially with starting my own business is like, there's just a lot going on and I don't need to get everything done in one day, but for me to be able to make those, um, like make progress in my business, I do need to be focused. And then that focus in addition also reduces my distractions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I was looking at the clock and I'm like, how is this time is passing by? I love talking with you and I could talk to you forever, but I want to be respectful of your time. So if you don't mind, a couple more questions. And so one is funnily enough, we were talking about books earlier, but is there maybe one book? It doesn't have to be fiction, can it be nonfiction that you've read recently that's maybe made an impact 
and you can recommend. Yes. I actually, when I was looking at your questions, I was like, I know exactly which book and I have a copy of it right here. It's called The Crossroads Between Should and Must. It's amazing. If your listeners have not read it, it is also a Medium article. That's what it started as. Um, I don't know if she flushed it out more, but her name is El Luna. She is a also someone who was previously in the tech industry, and then she decided to like stop working in the tech industry in San Francisco. And she like went off to Bali for a while, and then came back and became an artist. And I actually met her uh, last month in Seattle, and. Yeah, she, she signed my book like really in a cool, neat way, um, which was it was really cool to meet her. They, so she has a new book, which I haven't read yet, so I can't recommend it, but I'm sure it's amazing. And I think it's called The Power of Story or something along those lines. Um, but this book is amazing. She has, if you go online and just Google El Luna, you'll find her, I think she has a TED Talk, but if not, she has a ton of talks where she goes over the same concept. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's that idea of, the thing is that society tells you that you should do, but you really have to follow that inner compass of what you feel you must do in life. And it's such uh, it's such a good, I like, I'm so glad I have a, another copy of it now so I can just have it and read it when yeah. I need it. And it's the kind of book where, you know, if you just have it there on your bedside table or your table or your desk, it's just like the, a reminder. Do you know, the, yes. as soon as you see it, like it reminds you of what it's about, right? Yes. I love it. And the visuals in here, like I would definitely recommend getting the book because it's just the way that she's illustrated it is lovely. I love it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Look, thank you for that recommendation, Kristen. So finally, can you talk a little bit about or tell us where we can find you? Tell us where we can find your skincare uh, business or product or services? Sure. Yeah. So my business is Logum Body Co. And it's just logumbody.co. Um it's L-A-G-O-M body.co. And I, yeah, all of my products are on there. I also am working on a couple of programs. My latest one is called Life in Bloom and it's a seasonal workshop for transformation and just like grounding in the seasons. And we go over plants um, and skin and body health for the season and also self-inquiry, self-care, all of those good things. Um, and it's a three-week thing right now and we're in the midst of our my first one. So it's been super fun. Um, and then what else? Oh, Instagram is my favorite. So just the same thing. Logum Body Co. is my handle on Instagram. And you can also find me under my name, which is Kristen Runbeck. Kristen, thank you so much for coming over and sharing your experiences and being just graciously open with, you know, what's going on with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been super fun. I know I wish we had another like two hours. I All right, I hope you found this episode useful. You will find the show notes for this episode along with other relevant resource links at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 57. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would leave me your feedback on iTunes. Your rating and review will help put this podcast in front of professionals like you who want to grow and thrive through their work. So go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review. That link will give you the step-by-step instructions on how to do it. And now is a good time to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player so you never have to miss future episodes. That is a wrap on today's show. On today's episode, I will be back next week. I promise, I promise, with a new guest and a new career story. 
Until then, keep on making your debt, my friends. Cool beans. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. 